Welcome to the Finance Cafe, the business podcast for women entrepreneurs that breaks through the money taboo and explores what's behind the numbers. Join your hosts, founders of the Finance Cafe, Shannon Peston and Shauna Frederick, every week as they dive into conversations about business and finance with women entrepreneurs and the experts that support them. With their combined experience in finance and accounting, Shannon and Shauna know financial management is more than numbers, but rather the combination of our lived experience, skills, attitudes and behaviors, and how these come together to shape the financial decisions we make along our entrepreneurial journeys. It's about uncovering the story of our businesses, being empowered by our decisions and unlocking our full potential as entrepreneurs. Here at Finance Cafe, we're changing the way we talk about finance and empowering women entrepreneurs to see their business in a new light. One story and one number at a time. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. I'm excited to welcome back to the show Alicia Fowler of Mod Accounting and Tax. We were so grateful to welcome Alicia in season one as she unpacked some of the common budgeting mistakes women entrepreneurs make, how women can confidently navigate their business budget to fulfill their financial goals, and how establishing a clear and organized budget can ultimately set their business up for success. Super excited to welcome Alicia back to the show today as we unpack this notion of the September reset. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us once again, Alicia. Thank you so much, Shauna. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we get into this notion of the September reset, I really want you to remind our guests and for our new listeners out there, tell us all about you, Alicia and Maud Accounting and Tax. Sure. So I'm Alicia Fowler. Uh, I'm a CPA CA and I'm the owner of Mod Accounting and Tax, which is a feminist online accounting firm supporting impact driven business leaders in accounting, tax, fractional CFO services, and back office services as well. First and foremost, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Um, I'm born and raised in Saskatchewan and I now make my home in Edmonton, Alberta. That's fantastic. And I love this notion of, I mean, you're doing a lot of what our listeners really need. You're offering accounting, tax, fractional CFO, and this back office service. So can you tell us a little bit more about what back office service means? You bet. So back office services really are anything from bookkeeping to accounts payable to payroll, essentially controllership services. So running the day-to-day functions of the accounting services for a business. Fantastic. And I really appreciate the story behind how Mod Accounting and Tax came to be. So tell our listeners, where did this idea come from? Yeah, so I've worked in public accounting for most of my career. When the pandemic hit, I was at the time working for a national firm. And like many women and caregivers, I suddenly found myself at home juggling a full-time job with two little kids who were at home with me. I didn't have the opportunity at the time to work part-time. And so for our family, the best alternative was for me to step away from my full-time job to support our family. Over the next month, few months after that, I was picking up some contract work. And honestly, I kept running into the same roadblocks that I'd been running into. And I really wasn't able to provide the support to my family that I was needing at the time. So you know, talking to my husband, who is also who is also a CPA, CA, we were trying to figure out what my next career move should be. And he came up with the idea. It was actually him who said, you should be working with women entrepreneurs who are making social impact. And to be honest, I didn't really think there was going to be a need for that uh, in the market. But I put myself out there. Um, I joined forces with two other women, another CPA and a bookkeeping specialist. We picked up a contract uh, helping a SaaS company do a giant acquisition. It was successful. 
we had a bit of capital. We enjoyed what we were doing and we decided to keep rolling and we started a CPA firm. I registered with CPA Alberta, put a post up on LinkedIn saying I was looking for for clients and and off we went. And it really provided myself with an opportunity to work from home. So we're an online firm, supporting my family, doing work that I find meaningful, supporting women entrepreneurs and business leaders making impact, helping them get quality and timely and accurate financial reporting to help them make decisions to move their businesses forward and make the impact that they are hoping to make. So two things that I love there. So timely, accurate financial reporting. So business owners (laughs) can make proper business decisions. But I love that you created this online firm because you have team members literally from coast to coast. That's right. Yeah, we have had team members all the way from Vancouver to Halifax. Currently, our team, uh, we have team members in Kelowna and Golden, BC, in Alberta, and stretching all the way out to Halifax. And our clients are are anywhere in between as well. That's so great, Alicia. So thanks for sharing that story with us. Now, the reason why I'm really excited about today's conversation is... When we're growing up as kids, September, you get this back to school mindset. And we have this whole notion of, I mean, growing up, it was either, you know, you'd get a new outfit or you'd get a new backpack. You'd, you'd start September, the school year. It was, it was fresh and exciting and it was new. And as we head into adulthood, September really becomes maybe a little bit of a back to reality one, but we can still think of it as, a fresh new beginning. We've come off a summer where many people are, are able to take vacations, take some downtime, sort of step back. So, and there's been a lot of talk about this September being the best time to review and reset your business goals. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? And what are you and the team at Maud doing uh, with respect to the September reset? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And one that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about myself actually is September for me really does feel like a really big reset. And it does feel like the start of a new year more so than than January would, for example. For me, I think a big part of it is coming out of rest time. So we've done, you know, we've had July and August as a team here at Maud, but also just in our in our own personal lives, they're a bit more relaxing. We're out enjoying ourselves. There's clearly defined vacation that we've allotted. And then coming into September, there's a natural reset of structure. I'm a mom with two little kids. So for me, the, the back to school analogy is it really hits home. My kids were very unstructured throughout the summer and now heading into school, we're definitely into the routine of school, extracurricular, etc. And it forces our family to put a schedule together, which the accountant in me really loves. I do love vacation, there's no question, but there's just something that feels very settling about, about having the structure of, of a of a new routine or coming back to to the same routine that you left at the beginning of the summer. That's so cool. And and the benefit of September being a reset over January for an, for example when we talk about new year's resolutions is December can usually be a very busy time. Absolutely. There's holidays in there, a lot of family gatherings potentially. There's just a lot going on. So this whole notion of September being a time to, you know, generate some structure in the business, review those business goals is is so empowering because we've had hopefully some time to press pause. And I follow you and your team on social media and you guys have been doing some amazing things. I've seen cooking, preserving grams and doing salsa. It's been been so fun to watch. So what were you encouraging your team to do over the summer to maybe get that rest in order for the September reset to start? Yeah, that's, that's great. I was very intentional this summer with the team in 
communicating the importance of taking time away. So some advice I got when I was in public accounting at a national firm was to take a minimum of two weeks off together, you know, at any given time during vacation. It gives you the first week to decompress and then the next week to really step away and and reprioritize uh, the things that are important in your life. So that I did do that. Luckily, I've had that experience working in national firm, and I did want to translate that to to the team as well. So most of the team did take two weeks off this summer. And we as accountants, as you know, Shauna, we go through very stressful, busy time, a very cyclical nature in our business. And uh, springtime, tax time is a very, very busy time. And and that goes right up to, you know, starts somewhere January, February, and goes right up to the end of June. And I knew that the team was exhausted. They'd worked really hard. We we're a very new business, brand new clients to our team, lots of deadlines, a lot of stress. So I really wanted them to take that time away and reset uh, so that we could come into the fall rested, able to plan make good decisions so that we're ready to go for our next busy season, which will start again just after, after Christmas. Um, so most of the team did do that. I, as I mentioned to you um, when we were chatting before for the podcast session, I didn't really get that opportunity. So it was a really interesting uh, realization for me following summer at how important that really is to take that that rest time away. And it actually really helped me prioritize what I was going to plan for in September and, and how we were going to plan actually our full year moving forward and making sure that I myself am able to not only meet my clients' needs, my team's needs, but my own needs and slot in time for myself, time for my family, so that I also don't don't burn out. So the important September being being a time of planning really hit me full force after after the summer and making sure that that I set the time aside to to do that and do it well. And what a great realization as a leader, because as, as a leader of our own company, as an entrepreneur, if we aren't operating at our best, if our mindset isn't operating as, at its best, and if our health isn't as well as it should be, that's where problems can, can start to arise, both personally and professionally in our business. So great realization that you went through and I just want to let our our listeners know that you know we're we're entering into what is commonly known as the fourth quarter. For some, it's the fourth quarter of their business. For some, it's just the fourth quarter of the calendar year. But mm-hmm. for you at Mod Accounting and Tax, you have a January year end, so you're just wrapping up your first quarter essentially in business. So, regardless of you know your your fiscal, your company's year end. This whole September reset can be a time, regardless of where you are in your financial year, to start looking at reviewing your business goals. So I know you and I had a conversation about what was happening with your business goals. So why don't you share with our listeners sort of, again, as a continuity, that conversation we had on our first podcast last year, the business goals that you set and this realization that you had over the summer. Yeah, I did have a really busy summer. I got sick with COVID and I actually wasn't able to take the vacation that I had planned. I took on a really big project, which really overtook my summer. And in addition to that, I I was responsible for vacation coverage for most of my team. So by the end of the summer, I was facing burnout or the possibility of burnout. I could feel that happening. So I had been planning, let's say two months ago, I had been planning to double revenue, to double my business over the next year. I had staffing plans in place. I had sales goals. I had the beginnings of a strategic plan for how I was, the kinds of services I was going to offer, et cetera. And I really stopped to reflect on that following the end of the summer when I hadn't had the opportunity to rest. And I pulled away thinking, what 
what is this going to do to my physical health? And what is this going to do for my team if we don't stop, assess where we're at, clarify what we're going to do, and then re-engage in, in the next steps of our, of our business plan. So I've put a pause on growth and we've had discussions with our team about what this is going to mean. And really what this is going to mean for us is remaining status quo, keeping our existing team, not growing in the way that we had hoped and just becoming more efficient and more, more lean. So it really shifted how we are going to plan this next year for the business. As you mentioned, our year end is June 30th. So we are just wrapping up Q1, quarter one of our business. And that has meant evaluating last year's historical results, comparing them to what we had expected to happen. And now for this next month, we'll be looking ahead to what we hope to happen for the next year. So over the next 12 months, next year at this time or at the end of June, where do we hope to be in terms of sales volume, in terms of profitability, and then qualitative metrics as well? Like what how much time do we want to be spending at work? How much time do we want to be spending at home with our families? How much time do we want to be traveling? Like whatever our own personal goals are. So really stopping to assess what that means to each of us individually and how we're going to achieve that as, as a team. Alicia, I love three things. I love all of it, but I want to clarify three things for the listeners that I think are, are really important. Number one, when you realize that the expectations or the budgets that you had initially set for the upcoming year weren't potentially feasible or realistic with respect to your own personal well-being, mm-hmm. there was this stop, assess, clarify, and re-engage. Mm-hmm. So the this importance of although we've set goals and budgets for ourselves and our business, it's okay that they change. They don't have to remain status quo. They're not stuck in stone. They're not written in stone. As, as business owners, if something isn't working, we have that ability to stop, assess, clarify, and re-engage. The next yeah. important yeah. thing right, that you said was, You've gone through, and so you're wrapping up Q1. You're now comparing year over year the numbers. You're comparing it to last year. You're comparing it to your budget, and you're setting those expectations moving forward. You're doing this on a quarterly basis, not at the end of every year, so I love that. And the last important thing that you that you just mentioned was you're setting your personal goals and then working with the company on how you can meet those personal goals. And what I love about you as a business owner is you're Mm -hmm. keeping the team in there. You're saying, okay, what do we need collectively as a team to be the best team, to be the best mod accounting and tax group that we can possibly be so that A, we can deliver top-notch service to our customers, to our clients, Mm -hmm. but also so that we're taking care of ourselves so that we're not burning out. And as, as an entrepreneur, the last place you want to be is burnt out and starting to resent your business. So I so appreciate that you've taken this time to say, okay, I need to pause. The, mm-hmm. My goals that I set, they need to change and that's okay. And I so appreciate you being so vulnerable with us. Well, thank you. You know where I got that from actually was I was listening to one of your podcasts and I listened to all of them for the record every Sunday, but I was listening to the one that actually there were two that you did with Christina Samet of Frontier Leadership. And I loved her messaging through both of those podcasts. And I immediately following her podcast, I I signed up for um, her masterclass and then have gone on to doing some additional work with her leadership work. And that's one of the messages that she drives home over and over again is pause, assess, clarify, and engage. It's what she calls the pace approach. And it is one of the most valuable takeaways that I've had 
from the finance cafe, actually, in not only my business, but but my personal life as well. Just really taking a pause before you, you move forward and, and make any, any decisions. So thank you for, for bringing her to my network and bringing her to, to the community. It's really been life-changing. Thank you for those kind words. We appreciate you and everything that you bring to our community. <laughs> When we think back to business goals, business goals are usually fun for entrepreneurs. We're setting our strategy. We're talking about our expectations. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. Putting numbers to paper and then looking at those numbers on a piece of paper, they might be fun for you and I as accountants. For entrepreneurs, <laughs> they likely aren't. So do you have any advice for our listeners out there on how to make the task of looking at those financials compared to our business goals easier and more fun? Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I've got three big buckets that I think are quite tangible and hopefully helpful to your listeners. Uh, The first that's really helped me is finding an advisory team that um, I can relate with and that really they're my cheerleaders. So really surrounding ourselves with an amazing support team that make us feel good, but will also be real with us and help us put a solid plan in place to help us meet our goals. I plan regular meetings with my advisors, just like I would a fitness trainer, a coach, my doctor, etc. So I like to meet with my advisors at least quarterly to review my financial results and to tweak anything that we need to tweak, budgets, projections, as you mentioned, and then re-engage into the future planning of the business. I encourage people to surround themselves with at least a good bookkeeper, a good fractional controller, if the business is large enough, a good strategic advisor or a CFO, similar to services that you would provide Shauna personally, as well as a good year-end accountant. And if your CFO or strategic advisor can do year-end accounting, financial reporting, and tax, that's fantastic. If not, find someone who has um, that that skill set, as well as a good banker. And I recommend this is a hard thing for business owners to do um, because parting with parting with cash is never a fun thing to do. But I highly recommend prioritizing investing in the infrastructure of your own business and your wealth planning. It's really important to set aside a budget, cash, to pay for the advice to help you achieve the financial goals that you're hoping to achieve. So Alicia, when you say infrastructure, are you talking about the team? Are you talking about software? What do you mean by infrastructure? So I mean, definitely. So when I say infrastructure, I'm meaning the supports that you need to help you achieve your business goals. So on the finance side, it would be a finance team as well as efficient processes, uh, software programs may be included in there, and essentially advice that that you're going to use in order to help you meet your goals. Perfect. Thank you for clarifying. I love that. So the infrastructure, it could be that that team of of support around you, accountants, bankers, lawyers, whatever your goals are, looking for those people that can help you achieve those goals could be team members. But more importantly, or as importantly, the processes, system supports in there to achieve that. So if our listeners are out there still running the shoebox method of accounting, uh, yeah. all of their receipts sitting in a shoebox, maybe they're on, on their Excel spreadsheet. Now is a great time to connect with you know, the back office team at Mod Accounting and Tax to find out what's the, the best way for me as an entrepreneur to shift from a shoebox method to the online accounting software. Automation. And you can get into some of these software for less than $20 a month. I can guarantee you the cost savings of your time, or if you have a team member that's doing the the manual input, will pay for itself 10 times over. 
Absolutely. And it's hard to change processes for sure, but there are lots of tools out there and a lot of advisors that can help support implementing new processes and systems that, like you said, are going to save you so much time. Another thing that I think business owners can do to help them with their financial planning is to look at their existing resources. Uh, So looking at, you know, in my case, I'm a service-based business and, you know, we were chatting about this before Shada, looking at our existing client base for me and for other businesses that are product-based, looking at existing products and determining which ones among those have the most potential for, you know, relationship building, networking, and which ones are the most profitable, which clients should be redirected, or which products should be discontinued. Other things to look at would be your existing team, in my case, or existing equipment for a manufacturing business, for example. How can you build capacity with the existing resources that you have? And what areas do you need to refine? Other things like talking about processes, which ones do you currently have? How can you become more efficient? And getting real accountancy here, looking at your financial reporting. So looking at, for example, your balance sheet. What assets do you currently have that you can get rid of? You can sell. What cash plans do you need? What financing do you need in order to meet your financial objectives? I love that last one. I know it's a little accountantese, but the balance sheet, especially, right? Showing what we own as a business and what we owe. What do we own? How much liquid or available cash do we have to pay off our liabilities? Are we heavily weighted on one side? Do you own less than you owe, right? It's it's coming together. And, and I know they're hard numbers to look at sometimes, and, and it might not be fun, but the story that those financial statements, especially the balance sheet, can tell you right off the bat, so empowering. And Alicia, you, yeah, you talked about looking at areas that are profitable. The profit and loss statement, your income statement, if you're working with a good accounting software, bookkeeping software, whether it's online or desktop, any of those programs can provide you with your balance sheet or profit and loss at the push of a button, providing somebody's keeping it up to date. This is information that you want to know on a regular basis as a business owner. So you talk about that, you know, inventory as an example. So even without looking at the balance sheet, if you're looking, if you're running a retail store and you're looking around and you have some old dated stuff sitting in the storage room or stuff's getting a little dated and dusty on the shelf, have a look at it. Is now the time to discount it? Yes, you're not going to get as much as you hoped, but by selling it at a little bit of a discount, you're getting more cash in your pocket, in your mm-hmm. jeans, right? Yeah. And you can purchase additional new inventory, generate new sales, have customers come back into your shop and say, hey, you've got some great new inventory in here and start that cycle all over again. Absolutely. And moving from the inventory, which is on the balance sheet and asset on the balance sheet over to the profit and loss statement, looking at capacity constraints. So profit and loss statement, meaning like your rent expense that would show up as an expense item. If you're thinking of expanding operations or expanding your storage space, because you have too much inventory, if you can get rid of that inventory cash in the door, And you can save yourself on future rent expense, that's cash that you're saving, you're you're ahead. Your profit and loss is healthier and your balance sheet is healthier as well. I love that. And cash in jeans and your beans as one of my clients (laughs) likes to say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, The last tip I have for business owners who are looking to make a plan is really to spend some time planning ahead and making it meaningful and fun. So I am personally a huge fan of quarterly strategic planning. I do post about it a lot about doing different things in each quarter and making sure that you're setting yourself up for success over the course of a year. And 
I personally like to make my quarterly planning a bit of an event. So last year for our first quarterly planning session, I actually took my whole family to Waterton and we rented a cabin and we spent the weekend, my poor children, but we spent the weekend talking about different strategic decisions that we were going to make over the next year. We did that one in October. And then we flew to Vancouver in December to meet a team member. Over the spring, I went to Halifax and met with a couple team members so we could talk about all sorts of things, staffing and different client ideas that we had. And then over the summer, we met with a, a team member here in Edmonton and had made a week of it and just had a really, we did a photo session and just had a really fun time. But having these markers for me makes me accountable to my strategic plan while giving myself an opportunity to enjoy my business and what we're what we're doing and what we're hoping to accomplish. It gives us some really big goals to work towards, some medium goals and some small goals. And as part of that, I always recommend having an agenda, making sure you know what you want to accomplish out of your planning sessions. I always bring along my financial results, of course, and review last quarter and compare to where we want to go or compare to our budgets and making sure we're on track or if we're not, why we're not and what we're going to do moving forward to fix that. And then making sure we have a budget and projections moving forward. And for me, yes, I'm an accountant, but for for all business owners, I would hope that your projections are a reflection of your goals. What tangible things do you need to do to bring the money into your business? What money do you need to spend in order to maintain the profit margins that you're hoping for in order to achieve the goals that you have. And I always involve other people and write down the results of my discussions and brainstorming sessions so that we have a record and hold ourselves accountable to any decisions that we made as part of our strategic planning. I I love that you work through that process. And I love the notion of the agenda Um, Because if we don't have an agenda, what do we know we're going through? What do we hope to achieve? And then setting big, big goals, medium goals and small goals. And I would just add to that, ensuring that those goals that you're setting are, are what we refer to as SMART goals. Right. Mm. Specific, measurable, actionable, relatable, timely. Right. It's making sure that and and it sounds like you and the team at Mod are doing this because you've gone back and and looked at what does what do I need personally from this business. And you can tie those into your personal goals. And another thing that I I think you, you had talked about, maybe we talked about it before is even talking about taking even yourself on a money date, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Notion of just sit down with yourself, grab a coffee, a tea, a glass of wine, whatever it is, and just getting real about having a conversation with yourself looking at those financial statements and saying, okay, how is this business achieving the personal goals that I've set for myself? And what are my plans for the future? So I love those three, those three items. Amazing. Yeah, I do love the idea of taking yourself on a money date. I know that's in your, like when I think it's in module one of your course, right? It is. Yeah. In yeah. Money mindset course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did that module and I, it really is an important part of, I think just being a human, but also, or an adult, but also being a, an entrepreneur and a business owner is what is your relationship with money? Where are you feeling scarce? Where are you feeling an abundance mindset? And for me, I mean, going back to my own personal plan for this year, my intention, as I mentioned, was to double double revenues in my business because I had very specific personal financial goals that I wanted to achieve. I still have personal financial goals that I want to achieve. But now what I'm going to do is plan to achieve those goals with the current business that I have rather than 
going crazy and doubling doubling revenue, what can I do to still make more money for myself personally, help my team make more money, but use the existing resources that we have? So just understanding our own personal goals is really the foundation, I think, of, of the plan that we're going to put in place for our business for the next year. I love that you're bringing up the fact that you're looking at increasing revenues, although you're not necessarily focused on client-driven revenues. Mm. You're going to focus more on efficiencies. So going Mm. back to the existing resources, so how can we become more efficient to deliver the best service that we can? And, And I love that because most people look at the, when, if I want to make more money, I have to sell more. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily the case. We can look at the efficiencies and the expense side of what are we, where are we spending the money? So again, going back to that profit and loss, your income statement, looking at your expenses, where is money being spent? Maybe not so efficiently that you can look at. So thanks for bringing that up, Alicia. I think that's so important because sometimes we get caught on that revenue on the sales side. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at, like you had mentioned, using your existing accounting software or your your new accounting software, if that's where you're headed, and looking at your margins on a product basis, on a, on a client by client basis, and making sure that the products you're selling or the clients you're servicing are actually cash flow positive. That, mean, that means bringing in you know, operating money into the business rather than spending more money on those products or services than than you're actually making. So important. And, And again, going back to one of the comments that you made about looking at if you're in the service based business, going through your customer list. Mm. And assessing, am I as the service provider still delivering the value that they need? Mm. Have they outgrown me? Have I outgrown them? Right? And are they still profitable? Absolutely. And another thing you mentioned uh, when we were preparing was accounts receivable collections. So making sure you're actually collecting the cash that you're invoicing for. Be very common in a service-based business to deliver services, bill or invoice, and then wait for collection. So it's important that you're monitoring your accounts receivable collections on a regular basis and making sure that those clients are paying for the services that you're providing. It's so important. And again, the benefit of using a good accounting software, you can print off a list of Mm. all of the customers that owe you money. Because at the end of the day, if you're not, if you give them terms of 30 days, so you provide the service, you give them 30 day term to pay you. If you don't follow up with them, you're now giving them permission to delay payment. (laughs) So the longer that that delays, every time you do work with them, you're potentially have given them the permission to say, it's okay, you don't need to pay me for 45, 60, 90 days. And again, so that's cash out of your pocket. You don't have that money to reinvest in your business. So thanks for bringing that up. I, I love that one because... And again, and that goes back to the money mindset. Mm, (laughs) It's mm -hmm. that conversation, especially for women. It's so awkward to call somebody and say, hey, you owe me money. But at the end of the day, they owe you money. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've set those terms right at the beginning of your relationship. There's, you know, presumably is a contract signed. You've presumably had a discussion about what those payments are you're providing a service, you now need to be compensated for that. You're not working, you wouldn't go to a job and work for free. And you certainly shouldn't be expected as a business owner to be providing services for no compensation. And you're not a bank, you're not a lender, you you are a service provider. A lender can extend credit uh, for longer than 30 day terms to to a business to pay your bill. That is not your job as a business owner to provide financing for businesses, unless that's your business model, but Absolutely. that's another story. And a bank makes a healthy profit on interest when they lend that money. So that's a whole other story. Oh, exactly. so, so great. Yes. So circling back to, okay, so we're looking at September. We've, we've got time to reset. We're reviewing and resetting business goals. Now, 
Goals are going to be personal for every business owner. But where are the two to three key areas that women entrepreneurs can, where can they start or what steps can they take to really take this time to focus on what the next three and a half months of 2022 are looking like? Yeah, I think the first thing business owners should do is invest in their own learning. So take courses. I mean, our team is taking the Finance Cafe uh, financial literacy course. One of our team members is doing that. Listen to podcasts, read, network. It's really important that entrepreneurs, specifically female entrepreneurs, it's important they understand the foundational language that's operating in business to help them move forward towards their financial goals. So understanding terms like profit and loss statement, balance sheet, cash flow, projections, margins, all of these things are really important in understanding the health of your business and how to talk to other professionals and people who can help you uh, to meet your goals. The next piece, as I'd mentioned before, is put together a, a team of key advisors, not necessarily a board of directors, but like a group of advisors that are there to bounce ideas around and to support you as your business grows. Really important, you have a really good lawyer, a good banker, a good accountant, and a good insurance provider. And if you don't know where to start, I'm assuming, Shauna, they can they can contact the finance cafe or I, I don't know if, if that, if that's something that they can, they can do uh, as part of your services or, or what, but there is a wealth of knowledge out there. Um, and often people are willing to help uh, out of the goodness of their hearts and point you in the right direction. 100%. Um, Alicia and I would say, yes, they can contact either Shannon or I. We're happy to connect and, and see where we can connect in our networks. And I would say the same. They can contact you. You likely have, a, you know, this wealth of network. And building connection and community is part of what we love doing here at the Finance Cafe. So 100%, if you're looking for a good banker, accountant, lawyer, insurance provider, please reach out and we'll we'll try our best to, to connect you with somebody that will support you and connect with Alicia as well. <laughs> well, I would say it, you and Shauna were very instrumental in, in my own humble beginnings. And I had the opportunity to meet with each of you individually and you were both so encouraging about my idea. And uh, I, I, so I can certainly vouch for your ability and willingness to, to network. Yeah. So thank you for that. And thank you for doing that for the community. And the last piece of advice is to, to have, well, actually I have two pieces of advice. One is monthly bookkeeping. Like I can't stress that enough. Making sure you have accurate and timely financial results. You, if you're small, you can do it yourself. That's great. Uh, I would still recommend investing in a bookkeeping advisor or a specialist to support you as you're you're moving through. And if your needs are more complex, hiring someone with the, the right skill set for your industry. If you're an e-commerce business, making sure you have uh, bookkeeping support that's directed at e-commerce, etc. And lastly, is to actually set your goals. Really understand where you want to be in your business next year at this time. Have quantitative numbers, like a real good understanding of what is your income that you would like to be bringing home personally? How much do you want to be paying your team members? Um, and looking at what qualitative considerations you want for yourself, just like I did this year, saying I want to spend more time with my family and less on my business this year. So taking a pause on, on that, understanding what, what's important to you. And then put quarterly objectives in place to meet your goals. I think it was you or, uh, you or Shannon who had said, a goal without a plan is just a wish. And I've taken that to heart. It's really important that you have good markers along the way to make sure that you're, you're really able to meet the goals that you're, you're setting out for yourself. Those are such great steps. I, I so appreciate all of those. And one thing that I would add on the, on the monthly bookkeeping piece, um, we talked about it a little bit, but 
having a conversation with your, if you're currently working with an accountant or a bookkeeper and really assessing if they are delivering the service that you need, have you as a client outgrown that particular individual? Alicia mm. said it, right? Working with somebody that knows your industry, your area, your specifics, it's okay. You are allowed to, you, you're allowed to change accounts. You're allowed to fire your bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and especially as, as women, it's very difficult to break relationships but you're as a business owner, you need to do what's right for the business. And maybe now is the time to assess, am I getting the information from my bookkeeper or my year-end accountant that I need to make business decisions? Do I know what my profit is on a quarterly basis? Do I know how much it costs my business to keep the doors open and lights on for a month? How much money do I need to generate? So really having that heart to heart with yourself to assess, do I have the right people on my team to help me achieve those goals? So, so thank you for sharing that. Mm, You bet. So we've talked about a lot. You've given our listeners a wealth of information. And I just, I want to, to try and summarize this because there's so much good information in here. I think the first place when we start talking about how to make the task of us looking at the numbers compared to our business goals. Going back to that advisory team, surrounding yourself with a support team that makes you feel good. Your accountant shouldn't be talking down to you. Your Mm -hmm. accountant should be empowering you and educating you. Mm -hmm. Looking at your existing resources, looking at that client base if you're a service provider or your product base if you're in retail or, or selling items, what's working, what's not working. And if you don't know the answer to that, meeting with your bookkeeper or your accountant to say, how do I know if my if this client is profitable? How do I know if this product is profitable? Mm-hmm. Planning ahead and making it fun. I love that you've gone essentially coast to coast over the last year, <laughs> meeting with team members, meeting with clients and setting those quarterly meetings And that's where it's having fun. This can be fun. Numbers can be fun Mm -hmm. because it's telling us, it's giving us as entrepreneurs potential early warning signs so we can make decisions quicker, but it's also showing us potential opportunities. Where do we have opportunity for growth, for change, and to move forward to achieve those goals? Mm -hmm. And then really those, those key areas, the first steps investing in your learning. And we hear this time and time again on our podcast, the investment in our own learning, going back again, putting together that key advisory team. And it should include lawyers, insurance, accountants, bankers, and they should all know each other. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be a secret who's because oftentimes, mm-hmm. and Shannon and I have this conversation quite often, and I'm sure you do with, with bankers as well. As accountants, we can do certain things with the financial planning, with the tax planning, that bankers look at it and think, oh, now our loan's offside. But if you can have a conversation, if your accountant and your banker can have a good conversation, they're both on the same page. They're both looking out for the best interest of you, the client. Make sure they know each other. Absolutely. That's that's really good advice. And everyone has their own unique skill set. And one cannot replace the other. I often get asked for legal advice. It's like, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I am I am an accountant. I'm happy to provide you with the support you need, but making sure that our clients have the right supports is so important. Alicia, you have given our listeners a wealth of information. I always appreciate our conversations. I always learn something for you. So why don't you share with us what's next? What are your hopes for mod accounting going forward? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, This has changed quite a lot for me over the past uh, few months. Um, I do have some really big personal goals this year that I have been putting on the back burner um, over the past year and a half or so. Um, So making sure I prioritize my family, uh, myself, I've got some big travel plans. So um, that's first and foremost. 
And for MOD itself, I want to get really good at what we're doing here at MOD. I think we do have a really good thing going where we're working really hard to support business leaders who are really interested in making an impact for their communities. I want to get more efficient at what we're doing and to continue to gel as a team. Um, Our goal is to be the first choice for financial advisory services by impact-driven business leaders from coast to coast to coast. We do have really big plans over the next two to five years. And over this next year, our plan is to really understand the financial consequences of our actions that we've had over the past 18 months since our inception and use the that information to become really lean and healthy in the next year so that we can really take off and meet our goals or our long-term goals over the next two to five years. Oh, that's so exciting. I am so looking forward to watching you and your team grow, you achieving your goals. So quickly, where can our listeners connect with you and your team? Yeah, so our website is modaccountingtax.ca. You can find me, Alicia Fowler, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, I think that's it. Mod Accounting is also on all of those platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're usually, we usually post every day. And like, like Shauna said, we're posting about our pickling and canning and dogs and all sorts of fun stuff. So and, give us a follow. Yeah, and accounting. <laughs> and, yeah, and accounting. Yeah, and accounting. <laughs> we'll have all of those handles listed in the resource section. Alicia, thank you again for joining us. I love catching up. Uh, To our listeners, thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Finance Cafe podcast. And we look forward to you tuning in next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Finance Cafe podcast. Want to dig deeper? As a valued listener, we'd love to offer you an exclusive discount to our financial literacy program. Use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off, visit thefinancecafe.ca to join or to take our free financial literacy quiz. We would be so grateful if you could show some love for your favorite financial podcast. Just like, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you are listening from and help other listeners like you connect with us. See you again next week on the Finance Cafe Podcast.